630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. Well, things are a little slower in the CFL right now after all the free agent action around the league over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the big names have, have found new homes. Uh, there will be some more signings coming up soon. Things will likely heat up again in the next month or so. Aside from free agency and the draft, one major focus during the offseason is scouting, especially open tryouts that will be held across the U.S. by all CFL teams. To talk about that today, we're joined by the Elks Director of U.S. Scouting, Sammy Gahagan. I had a long conversation with him a few weeks back, and we started talking about the new approach that the Elks have in place to look for more players to sign, players that may have slipped through the cracks a bit. Yeah, we went through a, a really long, uh, probably back in October, we started working on uh, 2023. So we, we went through probably thousands of players between myself, him, and, uh, and G-Roy, um, and we went through and we kind of just, we hit every level of football. We, we, we identified guys that we wanted to, to, to look at and talk to. And then we all kind of went on our separate ways and just started going to the schools and, and started doing school visits right away. And, and, and Chris, you know, he went above and beyond, you know, as a GM this year, as far as going out and scouting his talent. Um, I've never seen him do that. It's the first time I think he's done it as far as going from school to school, the way he did this year. Uh, but I think he understood, you know, you know what the importance of it was too. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we identified a ton of guys, and we we're, there's not many rocks we haven't looked under right now. More, I got to be honest with you. I know uh, talking to Chris a couple of weeks ago, he was at some some school uh, off the beaten path when we had him on the show, and, and uh, he said he's been to like 50 schools and, and started just as soon as he left town, started visiting him on his drive back home. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, going through those schools and, you know, when we when I drove up there with them this year uh, for, for training camp, I said, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, man, we've probably passed 45 schools on the way up here. So, you know, I, when we got up there, we talked about it. Uh, so this year when I come up, I'm driving up this year instead of riding with those guys. So when I drive home, I'll be able to do school visits the entire way back, 40 hours back to Florida. I'll be doing school visits the entire way down to maximize our, our scouting. With uh, the XFL and the USFL on board now, uh, I know Chris has mentioned it as well, you got to dig deeper to find players because you're going to have a harder time bringing some players to Canada now when they have other options. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, guys want to play in front of their parents, you know, and, and they want to play in front of their girlfriends and their friends and and, and whomever. And, you know, it, it's it's a little bit difficult now um, to, to get that second tier guy. We're having to recruit them a little more. Um, but, you know, we've built such a great network with college coaches, uh, with even, you know, with the pro liaisons and even in the NFL with pro guys that, you know, a lot of them will tell you that they, they all refer us to those players, you know, first and foremost, because we're not a fly-by-night league. You know, you, you this isn't a place where you get a job. This is a place where you can get a career. So, you know, we try to harp on that and let them know that this is an opportunity for you to come up and, and have a career, not just come here and maybe this thing will be here in a couple of years because you never know with these new leagues what's going to happen. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talk uh, the last couple of weeks about the, the CFL's American TV deal and how they're trying to get a new one in place. 
How important is that in recruiting? Uh, you, you're a boots on the ground guy. You see these kids all the time, and you're talking to them. How important is it them for is it for them to be able to turn their TV on or their phone on or whatever the, the case may be, and be able to watch a CFL game? You know, this year I got asked more more than ever this year about why we were not on TV, um, and I was like, you know, we're on TV. I watched every game from from my office every every week, but you know, it was on you know ESPN Plus. So, you know, some of these kids, you know, can't afford that. And some of the parents, you know, and some of the families can't afford to do all that either. Um, so I, I think being able to get more visibility down here in the U.S. will help our league tremendously. Um, just because, you know, people get to see what the talent level is like. You know, a lot of people don't understand. They, they Their mindset is only in the NFL. doesn't understand that there's quality football in the CFL. So I think the more they get to see it, the more they hear the names of the players, because they'll, they'll identify with a lot of the players that are up there. I mean, we have a ton of identifiable names in the CFL. Um, and, you know, and this year, I, I've been, as much as I can, I've been talking about Alex Singleton to everybody. You know, I say, hey, you want to know about the CFL? Go look at Alex Singleton. He'll lead, he, I think he led the, the, the NFL in tackles this year. He's broken all kinds of tackle records, you know, single game records. I said, that's a CFL guy. And I said, you know his name now. But you would have known it three years ago if you'd been watching the CFL. So, you know, again, we have a ton of identifiable names and players up there. And I think once we're opening that up more to the U.S. market, I think it'll be, I think it'll help the game tremendously. Up there. I guess the CFL's kind of, guys probably don't think of it this way, but it's kind of the perfect route for them uh, because obviously the American kids want to play in the NFL. They want to get to the NFL. Well, CFL provides an avenue for them to get to the NFL. And you mentioned Alex Singleton. There's so many more other uh, players who are in that category who have gone to the NFL and had good careers. And if you don't get the attention of the NFL, it's a great place to play for 10 years if you can. Oh, yeah. And, 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 I, and again, that's one of my biggest selling points is it's a career it's not a job it's a career you come up here you can play for 10 years you know you get to meet great people in canada you know and, and i tell them there's tons of guys tons that come to canada and stay in canada after they're done playing because of the country and the people and and the communities and people you know don't see that part because they don't know it and we don't i don't think we talk about it enough to be honest with you about how many americans come to canada and stay and build a family and meet a nice Canadian woman or or whomever they want to meet and, and build a family. And I think it's important that we talk about stuff like that. More with Elks Director of U.S. Scouting, Sammy Gahagan, and we come back on the Elks This Week on 630 Chet. Now, more football talk on the Elks This Week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chet. Oh, man, we're getting so close to a new CFL season. Training camp set for early May. First preseason game in Calgary for the Elks on the May long weekend. If you're counting, that's just 79 days away. The Elks will play at home to Winnipeg on May 27th. Then the regular season begins Sunday, June 11th at home to the Saskatchewan Roughriders. You can head to GoElks.com for ticket information on some great deals the Elks are offering right now on season seats. Okay, let's get back to our conversation with Elks Director of U.S. Scouting, Sammy Gahagan. Uh, we pick it up talking about the Elks open tryouts that will take place across the U.S. to find that diamond in the rough for training camp. And a lot of times the players, these kids, you know, they don't realize that, you know, 60% of our league comes, the American players come from camps or from free agent workouts like this. So, you know, we try to, we try to blast it out to everybody. And then they're there, they run a 40, they do the broad jump, they do the short shuttle, they jump a vertical. 
And then <laughs> at ours, Coach Joe just one-on-ones these guys till we see who the last man standing is. And it's, you know, we it, it, it's a great opportunity to see who's in shape, first and foremost. It's a great opportunity to see who can who can do the things and listen because it's mentally draining to be out there for three hours constantly just in motion. And, you know, we have it down. I've been doing them now with Coach since – I've seen I've seen them done for 20 years, but I've been physically doing it with them for about seven now, and um, you know I, I I lose my voice at the camp because I'm constantly I'm rapid firing these guys. I mean when when a receiver's off the line to scrimmage into the route, I got the other receiver already on the line. I got the other DB in front of them. So we you know you've been to practice. Coach does not like to waste a millisecond of time, and that's what we do. And if coach. And he, he seems to always find that one split second where we're delayed for about a nanosecond. And he's like, come on, ref, ref. <laughs> and he, he'll always find it, but he'll tell you that we do a good job in, uh, of getting those guys in and out. And these guys get a lot of work and they get seen. They get, everybody gets an opportunity. Kickers, are the players? Get, are they, are they guys who've kind of fallen through the cracks? Oh, are they, are they guys well, off the street who think they can play pro football? Uh, what's the cross section yeah, of no, players they, that you they, get? They can be, they could be kids that are coming out of college right now. They could be kids that came out of college last year. Could be a guy that was injured at one point and needs to get back into playing, who needs film. It could be a guy who was, you know, dismissed for team rules. I mean, you never know who shows up to these things. You know, how we, many, we, how many but, do you usually get? Do you know? I don't know. I, I don't do the registration. I, you know, I could be, could be 10, could be 30, could be 50. You know, it, it all depends. And, a lot of times it all depends what time of year it is too. So uh, that number kind of fluctuates up and down. But one thing that we always talk about, and Chris always talks about this, and you'll, you'll always hear him say it, we only, if we find one, it was worth the trip. Yeah, so just got to find says, one. I know uh, traditionally you guys hold more of them uh, into the spring, into April, and uh, and then guys are signed and they come walk right into training camp the next month, right? Yeah, yeah. So we do, we're doing one a little early this year in this February. Um, because we wanted to do it before free agency to see, you know, what was out there before we dove into free agency. Um, and then we're going to do another five in April, um, right? And up until literally two days before we're on the road to Edmonton to come up for camp. That must be kind of exhilarating for, for a scout because, you know, your, your whole goal is to find a guy that nobody else found, to find that diamond in the rough and find a guy and, and, and watch him grow through the system and become a player. Yeah, you know it's it, it, it's 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 interesting, you know, because you you watch guys. When you're a scout, you see a guy five years ago. You know, we all track these guys for years and years and years and years and years. So we're, we constantly watch guys. Um, but then you got your guys like you know like Toby Antigua, that we found who was a receiver at the workout, and then we just happen to we need him to rush the passer. And next thing you know, he's the rookie of the year nominee in Saskatchewan that year. So I mean, it's. You know, and you know, Swerve Kyron Moore was another guy that we had that did the same thing. Um, Jordan Williams Lambert was another one. So you always find these guys. Um, you, you know, shoot, I, you probably remember Marcus Ball. Marcus Ball came to a workout. Mm-hmm. Marcus Ball played, and it was a CFL guy who went to the NFL. He came to one of these workouts as well. I mean, it, 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 they just keep going on. I, and I think Brandon Browner. I think Coach worked out Brandon Browner at a free agent camp. So. You know, it's really cool, and and sometimes, believe it or not, there's just a guy that shows up, and you're like, "Well, where have you been?" Like he he just he, and we had that happen in December. We saw a guy, we're like, "Where's this guy been? Like, what have you been doing with yourself? Like, you've been working at T-Mobile. Like, where, where have you been?" And and he got signed, so he's coming to camp. 
I got to ask, do you ever get guys who just show up in their running shoes and shorts and a T-shirt and, like you see, are working at T-Mobile or working in a grocery store or, or a stockbroker and feel that they can play pro ball and all of a sudden they get out in the field and they go, oh, man, I'm in the wrong place? Yeah, no, we get a lot of them. You know, a lot, a lot of those guys do do that who just have been playing Madden on their computer and on their couch for the last month and say, you know, I think I can play football. And they come out there and, and they and they register and they, and they try out. But, you know, they give it their all. But... You know those kind of those 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 players weed themselves out through the one on ones because, it, like I said, it's a, it's it's pretty uh it's it's pretty um intense when we're out there. You mentioned a couple of guys, uh, uh, Toby Antigua, who of course played for the Elks last year, but you mentioned him in Saskatchewan. You worked uh, uh, with Chris Jones in Saskatchewan as well. Uh, tell me about your journey. Uh, uh, first off, did you play the game? I did. Yep. Where at? I played football in high school at Seabreeze High School, home of uh, Sebastian Janikowski. It's, <laughs> that's how I refer to It's home of Sammy, but I, I always got to say Sebastian. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I played uh, college ball at Ottawa University at Ottawa in Ottawa, Kansas, not, not Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was coaching football. I went back at age 25. I was a true freshman. I was a non-traditional freshman. I was coaching football, high school football locally, and then I just, while I was out there, I said, you know, I think I can still do this. So I called a college in Kansas that my brother went to. I met a guy there who's a recruiting coordinator. He told me, hey, you're going to have to go to junior college for two years. I'm like, man, I'm 25 years old. I said, by the time I do that, I'm not going to be playing until I'm 30. So I kind of actually put it on the back burner. And then I get a call three months later from the guy who got the head, that guy got the head coaching job at Ottawa University. And he goes, hey, I think I can get you in. You just got to go past these this amount of hours, and we'll get you into school. We'll, we'll redshirt you, and you can play the following year. And I did it. So I never went to visit Ottawa University. I don't even I didn't even know where Ottawa, Kansas was. I packed up my car in one August in 2002, and I drove to to the middle of nowhere. And that was before GPS. So I had a I had a I had a map in my hand. And, uh, and that's what I did. I ended up in Ottawa, Kansas. I played football for two years, and then my coach transferred to Lindenwood. And by that time, I was 27. He was, by the way, to make the story even more fun, he was only a year older than me. So I was <laughs> playing for a guy who was just a year older than me. And um, he actually was a, he was a great mentor to me at the time. You know, he uh, we, we talked more about life than football because we were so close in age. And uh, he went to Lindenwood, and he asked me to, you know, to come. And when I went there, he made me director of football operations. I was the only undergrad at the time in the country that was a that was a, a DFO. Um, I was there for seven years. We took that program from an NAI to a Division Two at the time, uh, Lindenwood University, now a one AA school. And then uh, I got into the agent business. I, I had to come home because my grandparents were ill, so I came back home. And then uh, I did the agent business for a while, and, that, and through that is when I met Chris, like in 2000, and I want to say 2002 or three is where I met him, and I was giving him players from Linwood. And then I guess by, in 2016 is when he actually offered me a job, and the rest is history. Let me ask you about about scouting. When you're scouting a CFL player, how different do you look at players uh you know because everyone you know scouts can tell a good football player but there's a difference between a good football player and a good football player for the cfl correct uh yes and no i kind of look at everybody the same i mean we know what plays up in our league you know it's that linebacker who's maybe six foot not six two and you know 215 pounds not 225 pounds and 
It's the running back who's 5'9", maybe not 5'11". So there's always you're always looking for those little little things that you can look and say, okay, this guy's gonna be a perfect CFL guy. You know, he can run routes, he's fast, he's shifty, he can play on our wide field. You know, quarterbacks got to be able to make the throw to the to the wide side of the field. You know, so if you got a guy whose ball dives down 15 yards away, you know that guy's not gonna be able to make the throws in our league. So I mean, you kind of look at all the same. Obviously, with the field being bigger and the rules being a little different, it changes your your perception of the player a little bit, but you know, you we're always kind of looking at everybody. You know, I, I still want a six five defensive end who's two hundred and forty five pounds that runs a four or five and jumps a forty inch vertical. Unfortunately that guy plays on Sunday and makes ten million dollars. So um but you know that's what we're looking for and that's what Chris wants. Chris is very specific at each position what he wants. Very specific. Like there's no if it's just a smidgen below, it's no. I mean, there's not, he's just, he's very specific. And that's what we do. All right. Take me through, uh, take me through what you do. Uh, I know uh, at this level, I know the GM level and, and Chris is always watching video. Uh, what's the, your breakdown between actually watching players in a game situation live to watching them on tape or, or on video? So usually when I go to a school visit or go to a school, I, we, we, I go through the roster. I identify the guys that we, we would take a look at based on their measurables on the website. So, you know, I go through and look for all the corners who are six foot. And I go through and look for all the defensive ends who are six five. And then I kind of go through everybody that kind of fits our mold. And then I take that information when I go to a game or go to a practice. And while I'm out there, I'll identify these guys and I go to body type them, which, which means I go to verify that this guy's six foot three or this guy's five eleven, you know, because there's times you go on any website. I mean, even in college, I was six three and I'm not, I'm six foot. So, you know, you go there, you got a body type to make sure everything matches up. Once I do that, I'll stay and watch their game. It's impossible to scout an entire group of men during a football game because you don't have rewind and the time to watch every single player on every mm-hmm. single down. Uh, but you get a good idea. You know, and I go there for pregame. I watch them warm up. I see how they act. And I'm more more or less watching what these guys are doing off the field as much as I am on the field. So quarterback throws an interception. I want to see how he responds when he comes to the bench. Is he throwing a fit? Is he pointing fingers? Or is he getting everybody, you know, rallied up and saying, you know, is tapping people, watching, you know, sitting with his backs? You, 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 don't, you wouldn't believe how many times you watch a guy off the field after he makes a mistake and how badly they react to that. And, and then once I get all that, I'll come back home, I'll get on my computer, I'll watch the guy again, I'll watch the same game again, but watch it the way I need to watch it, each individual guy after I see who we want, and then that's how I'll go and write my report out for him. Uh, is there one guy out there who you found and you're most proud of and and, and everybody else missed and, and you were kind of the guy who found him and he's gone on to be a pretty important player in the Canadian Football League? Uh, I mean, yeah, I would tell you Kyron Moore. I mean, that's my, that's my guys is, is swerve. You know, I, I saw him and his, his, the way we all found him is so happenstance because he wasn't, I wasn't even supposed to see this kid ever. And, uh, UCF had a, had a, we had a hurricane here. They had, and they had a game get canceled early in the season. And then late in the season, they were trying to find a game. And I guess Austin P said, yeah, we'll take it. This was, this was UCF's, self-proclaimed national championship season <laughs> and uh you know austin p said yeah we'll play so i called chris i said hey i'm, I'm gonna go and uh i'm gonna go see austin p and he goes well i know coach healy make sure you go down and introduce yourself i said no problem 
So I go there to do my body types, and I go to Coach Healy, and, and, and I say, hey, Coach Jones wanted me to come up and introduce myself. I introduced myself, and you know, I said, what do you got for me, Coach? And so he's running me through all these players on on, on uh, Austin P's team, and then the last thing he says to me is, hey, you might want to watch this number four. And, and he goes, he's been hurt all year, but this is his first game back, but he's pretty electric. So I walk over to him, I see this little kid, probably about 5'9", five, 5'7", and I kind of just, you know, you just kind of jot it down. And I was like, all right, cool. So I go back upstairs. I'm getting myself ready. Danny McManus is sitting next to me. And uh, I think Swerve took the first kickoff back 96 yards. And I was like, okay. I said, now we got something here. So back then, I had a, like a four-person, like, channel to get to the necklace. I had to text uh, Mike Davis, and then he had to text John Murphy, and then we had to pass it through Chris and, it wasn't a direct chain. And Danny McManus sitting next to me could just put him on right there, right from where we were. So I just remember I kept 911ing Chris. I just said, Chris, 911, get this kid on the leg, get this kid on the leg. <laughs> I said, Danny Mack is sitting next to me. You got to get this kid on. Well, Swerve ended up having like 364 yards of total offense in that game against UCF, who was the best team in the country, supposedly. And the rest is history. We brought him to a workout. Chris signed him. We brought him to mini camp. He killed it. And then they changed his name to Swerve when he got up there. In fact, I think it was Deron Carter who named him Swerve. And uh, and he's been electric ever since. And he's he's been a good one. My thanks to Elks Director of U.S. Scouting, Sammy Gahagan, for his insight into the scouting world. I'm off next week, so Dave Campbell will have the show in seven days' time. I'm Morley Scott. Thanks for listening to the Elks This Week on 630 Chet.